Welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to another Halftime Mike Livecast. We're doing it on Blab, and we're going to publish it as a podcast as well. Just uh, thrilled to be with you today. In the next 30 minutes, I want to spend some time with Matthew Paulson. So welcome, Matthew. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Mike. All right. Hey, we want to hear your story today. Matthew's an entrepreneur, an angel investor, and an author. We're going to talk about his uh, newest book coming up here today as well. Uh, but specifically, we want to talk about his online business building and the success he's had uh, starting businesses online since 2006, particularly when we look at his big site, uh, MarketBeat, which is mm-hmm. a daily investment site that now has over 250,000 subscribers. And I'm one of those. The story here is about uh, growth and explosion of uh, MarketBeat, particularly the last two years. So we want to kind of mm-hmm. dive into that. And when, when we say explosive growth, I mean, we're talking about now generating strong five figures per month and uh, potentially more than that. Am, am I low on that now, Matthew? Yeah, you're low. We're about 200000 a month right now. 200000 a month. There we go, folks. Okay. Yep. So that's, uh, that's a success story, and that's what we want to talk about today, this type of uh, online live cast format of what you're doing, building your business. I've just kind of given that a little bit of an overview of who you are, Matthew, and uh, what you're doing. Why don't you kind of fill in some cracks and just uh, drive a little bit more detail, uh, then we'll come back around to MarketBeat, okay? Yeah, so uh, the MarketBeat story kind of began about four years ago now. I had a personal finance blog. It was called American Consumer News. It was doing okay. Uh, we had about 400,000 pages a month on it. We made seventy-five grand a year. It was a nice little business, um, but it wasn't anything anybody's going to do a whole lot of bragging about. Um, and then about early 2011, there, you know, Google started doing their updates. The first one was called Panda. I got pretty, pretty hard, pretty, hit, excuse me, hit pretty hard by that. And I had to make some changes in my business to survive. And, um, you know, after, you know, I saw two thirds of my traffic kind of disappear overnight, you know, I was looking for, you know, what are the bright spots, you know, what's working right now. And it turns out, you know, the stuff that was working really well was the investing content. Because um, this is a time when you know all the big banks are getting bailed out. Whenever we would write a story about like Citigroup or Wells Fargo or Bank of America, it would get picked up by a lot of the major financial news portals, and we would get a lot of traffic. So I figured, hey, you know, there's an opportunity. You know, there's investing space to publish content. You know, it's working pretty well. You know, what is it going to look like if we, if we expand this? Um, yep. So I built out a website called American Banking and Market News that did quite well. Um, but I didn't just want to build another website that was reliant on other people sending me traffic. I wanted to have you know, something that was just a little bit more sustainable. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of where the, the subscription piece came into play. So I started collecting emails on our website um, after doing it for about six months. I think we had about 10,000 people sign up in the first six months. And Now, what year was that for that one? That would have been 2011 when that happened. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so after running it for six months, we had a lot of people requesting more data, different stuff. They wanted it sent earlier in the morning. They wanted more features and just stuff I didn't really want to put into, you know, something I wasn't getting paid to do. Um, so I created a premium version of that. And that's kind of how, you know, Market B Daily Premium kind of came to be. Um, so that was July of 11 when we launched that. Um, you know, the first month we sold like 30 subscriptions, which was nothing to brag about. But eventually we kind of figured out that model and made it, made it work. 
Now, what were uh, what, what was the competition, the field like at that point in time, 2011, right around there? Yeah. Um, so when we were first getting started, there were you know there's a ton of different websites to research investments, and there are a lot of different financial newsletters. Sure. Um, so I mean, there was a lot of competition then. There's okay. a lot of competition okay. now. All right. Um, so it, just, it, that's that was the kind of the point. I just wanted to see if you felt like it, it was already thick then. I mean, there there, but you still decided you know there was an opportunity there, but uh, there there were already players out there. Yeah, and you know I see that as a good thing because if there are competitors in a market, that means there are people already making money in that market, and there you go. that means I can make money in that market too. Okay. Yep. Yep. All right. So the. So basically, then subscriptions began to take off, and uh, you you did some tweaking on your subscription models, creating a, a premium. You said, yeah. So you know we have a free model or a free we have a free tier, a fifteen dollar a month tier, and then a thirty five dollar a month tier. Um, just you know you get more stuff when you pay more. Yep. And we you know try to get people to upgrade to the the premium, and then we try to get them to upgrade to the all access pass. So it's. Um, you know, we've been able to, you know, significantly increase the lifetime value of the customer by having that $35 tier. Um, so from going, you know, our average annual value of a customer went from being, you know, maybe $130 and now it's over 200 just because of that extra tier we've added. Sure. Now, and, and in 2011, was it uh, market beat then as the main domain name or you made, you did some transitions along the way? Yeah, um, so the brand used to be called, well, originally it was just part of the American Banking and Market News website, and then I separated it out. Um, since we focus on equities research, or um, people call them analyst ratings, we called it Analyst Ratings Network, which is a pretty long name. It's seven syllables, so about six months ago, we changed the name to marketbeat.com. I was able to buy that domain, and um, nobody had trademarked it, so we were able to use it, and it's been a good change for us. Good, yep. O- always good to reduce syllables, right? Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. So uh, you've already told us about the subscription model there, and that maybe that wasn't even the, you know necessarily the starting point, but that's where you wanted to get to. But uh, mm-hmm. just in a in a broad scope, uh, what are the different revenue streams that are part of the site in in total? Sure. So we have display advertising stuff like Google AdSense. We do pretty well with that. Um, you know, when somebody signs up for a newsletter on the thank you page, there's a co-registration ad for another financial publisher and if somebody you know checks one of the offers on our thank you page we'll make a couple bucks off that um, inside of our free newsletter there's ads and then we also sell emails against our list so there's um, there's the subscriptions but there's also a lot of different advertising points for other financial publishers find it valuable to you know run their ads in our in our newsletter and on our websites sure okay so and and that is a key point though so in your newsletter as well the daily emails there's um, some ads in there as well yep okay very good. And um, now, with this growth, let's just talk a little bit about scaling of your, your team and uh, how you've had to handle that, things you've had to do over the course of time. What's been the change in that size of the team over the years? Sure. Um, so when I started, it was just me. Um, and I try not to do I try not to do too many repetitive tasks. So if I there's something I have to do more than once a month, I'll find somebody else to do it, or I'll automate it with software. Um, we do rely heavily on automation. So as we've grown, you know, I've tried to automate more parts of the business and just be less reliant on, you know, human hands for you know things like managing your subscription and just stuff where you would normally require a customer service person. But um, about two years ago, two and a half years ago now, I hired a customer service person to uh, just kind of take care of the day-to-day emails that we get for people that have questions about their account or about our service. Um, 
So that was, that was kind of my first hire. And then I hired uh, another person uh, about three months ago to um, do some writing for me and then to do some um, just graphic design work and some web web work as well. Okay. Um, so other than me, there's two employees. There are another four contractors that do some stuff for me here and there. But, um, you know, I get, you know, I guess I'm the only full-time employee with this thing, but you know there are f- several other people that help out in you know different ways. Okay, no, that's awesome. Now, and uh, with with your revenue growth and keeping the team uh, lean and tight there, so that that's a positive. Yeah, I mean there, I mean some of it's you know I don't really want to have a big team. I don't want to have an office with employees. It's not really the lifestyle I want to live. So it's there are s- some certain things we can't do. Um, because of the size of the team that we want to have, um, like we can't do our own advertising sales because uh, that would require you know a full-time person or maybe two full-time per- people. Uh, we can't publish a lot of original content because uh, I'd have to have a lot more writers and a bigger team, and you know that's uh, just kind of a choice we've made. Is you know I don't want to have a big office with a team, and uh, I'm okay if there's some things we can't do because of that. Yep. So so your content you said automation pieces so you've been able to to tap into some content sources uh and feeds that type of thing to be able to generate your content yeah so um, kind of the basis of our newsletter is that people can subscribe to different stocks so if you're interested in general electric or bank of america or whatever um, you add that to your watch list and then we'll give you updates about that stock in your newsletter so we have probably about 40 different data feeds that we compile aggregate and you know we split it based, you know, or we cut the data based on the stock ticker. So um, you subscribe to Bank of America whenever anything related to Bank of America happens, it'll show up in your newsletter kind of at the top. Okay. Yep. And how does that work for content on the site uh, where those feeds might also be content that's published on some other site? How how do you rank well Mm -hmm. for those terms or is that not necessarily a goal? Yeah, so you know we link out to a lot of different websites. Um, we have some partners, and then just you know people. I mean, we'll link to the Wall Street Journal or any, whoever else, and nobody seems to mind about that. And um, we, um, you know, organic SEO isn't a big um, traffic generation strategy for us. Okay, um, we never relied on that. We try to focus on other things that work particularly well in the financial industry. Yep. Okay, so I think that's key because, as you said, I mean, you kind of didn't like the whole panda changes and things like that, and uh, so not relying. I mean, that, that's that's a unique statement, though, to, to not rely on organic traffic because there, there's so many that, that want to preach that, but uh, you found basically other ways to drive traffic to your site. Yeah, um, so in the financial space, there are a lot of unique opportunities. Um, you can do advertising called co-registration advertising. You can buy an email sign up for like two dollars, and that'll be worth seven or eight dollars to me over the course of a couple of years. Um, there are financial called? co-registration advertising. Okay. Um, so those are the offers. Like after you sign up for somebody's list, then there's other things you can sign up for. We we buy a lot of those. Um, gotcha. Then you know there are financial news portals. Um, so things like StockTwits. There's a social network for stock investors. You know, we publish content into there. You know, Twitter has those cash tags or, you know, hashtags with their dollar sign and just stuff like that that is kind of unique in the, the stock space. You know, we've got some access some, to some traffic generation things that other people don't have. Okay. Yep. All right. Now, let's see. I was trying to go through some of your information, and I believe that um, it was 2013 where 
you began to like double the income of the site from the prior year, 2012 to 2013, somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, so let's see. 2010, we did about 140 grand in revenue. 2011, we did about 270. 2012, we did about 323. 2014, we did 789, and last year we did 1.56 million. This year we'll do about 2.6 million. So the, it's been a pretty good growth curve. Yeah. Um, that's, no, that's not pretty good. That's that's great. Yeah. That's a great growth curve. Yeah. Yep. Now, uh, but you know, talk to us about that. What um, what's what do you see shifting? Is it just uh, what, what's been the ramp up? Just massive subscription growth? Yeah. Um, so, a couple of things. One, we've we've we figured out new revenue streams. Like, uh, we hadn't um, rented our email list before. You know, eighteen months ago, we didn't have ads in our newsletter before eighteen months ago, and it's just we've been able to. Um, you, you know, when you monetize a website, normally you think you know I can run affiliate offers, I can run AdSense, I can do. You know all the normal things. Um, once you start to get bigger, um, you realize there's a whole lot more opportunities than you uh, might have first thought. Like not just anybody can go and run, you know, pay-per-click ads in their newsletter, but if you know like the right agency in Chicago that does that, you know, sells that to financial advertisers, and you can get connected with them. And it's just having a lot of those industry connections and um, knowing people in the financial space and um, kind of seeing what's working with other financial sites. We've been able to tap into some of those things. Okay, so the relationships there. Yep. So, I mean, our web traffic is probably about the same it was 12 months ago, but um, just because we've been doing more paid advertising and we have more of those unique financial advertising opportunities, we've been able to cash in a little bit. Okay. Um, and and just, things. just for the audience, can you give us a, a ballpark on what that monthly uh, traffic is? It's about 3 million page views a month. 3 million. Okay. Yep. Excellent. All right. That, Tremendous growth story here. So uh, I'm just trying to, to see if there's any any keys or things that you kind of break down when you when you talk about growing a online website. You know, let's there's people out there listening that are going to be listening to this that are trying to grow their business online that are trying to you know monetize a website and. Um, You've done it. You've done it well. Uh, you're doing an amazing job with that. So what what, would, what do you say to them? Um, so I think, you know, the, the key with, you know, b- growing a website to scale is, you know, trying out new marketing channels all the time. Um, I think people rely on SEO, you know, too much and on social media too much. Okay. Um, so they think, you know, I'm going to build a website and people just come to it and they'll find out about through so- as- social media and SEO and it's all I'm ever going to have to do. And I, I think that's not trying hard enough. Um, there are a ton of different, you know, paid advertising, you know, strategies that you can use, and just you know, more unique stuff than trying just to get into Google search, um, yeah. you know, Google search results. There's a whole lot of other things that people don't think of, and you know, like Google has, you know, they have the main search tab, but they also have an images tab, a news tab, a video tab, a blogs tab. Um, you know, there's Bing. Bing has vertical searches. You know, Amazon has vertical searches. Vertical searches. You can be in the iTunes directory. Um, you know, you can do so many other places to get eyeballs, and it's just people um, don't really make it past SEO and social media more often than not. Okay. So, like, when you talk about different tabs on on Google, there, for instance, I mean, it, that's a potential strategy, I guess, to optimize images on your site that would rank well in the image search. Yep. So, like, in our news articles, we have every company's logo in that article, and we try to get into Google Images for that. Um, you know, we have news stories in Google News. Um, 
you have stuff in Google Finance and you know and Bing News and Bing and MSN Money and Yahoo Finance and just a lot of those vertical searches are good great opportunities because not many people are competing for that space and there's still quite a bit of traffic there and it can I think it can be a better kind of game you know could be a, a better fit a better pool to swim in than you know the pool that everyone else is swimming in, in search results. Sure. Now now to get into some of those is that just naturally. Um, picked up, or you try? Are you needing to publish to the to those specifically? It depends. Um, okay. They're all different. So I mean, you really got to figure out based on, you know, okay, what kind of content am I publishing? Where do people look for that kind of content? And how can I get there? And you, all that information is online. None of it's a secret. Um, but I mean, for every for you know, like new sections, there's an application process. Images you can just get in. Uh, it just kind of depends on the tab. Okay. All right. Why don't we uh, d dive into your your books now? And uh, mm -hmm. I know that you have a new one coming out. And yep. uh, so I want to spend the most time on that one. I don't know if you want to talk about the other one a little bit first before you dive into what's coming out. Sure. Uh, so last year, I published a book called 40 Rules for Internet Business Success. And that was basically the principles and strategies that I've used to um, build a seven-figure business from scratch. Um, so there's um, you know a lot of different things in there. You know, One of them is to um, you know, don't be one of the rules that I like is to not be a franchisee of somebody else's business model. So, like, you know, how many people are there that have copied Pat Flynn's business model and tried to be, you know, an online business expert and, you know, made money with affiliate marketing? And um, I don't know if anyone's succeeded quite to his level, but because um, when when you copy somebody like that, you you copy you you don't really know what makes them successful. You you copy what you see, but you don't you can't copy what you don't see. So it's like you can't copy somebody else's personality. You can't copy what's going on behind the scenes, and you know it just it rarely works out to copy somebody else's you know business model or just kind of do the exact same thing that someone else is doing. Right. You think how, how many you know business interview podcasts came out right after John Lee Dumas did, you know, got popular with Entrepreneur on Fire. It just you you, you can't you, you can't do that. You got to do your own thing. Um, okay. So there's you know 39 other rules just like that of you know stuff that I've I've kind of figured out and over the last you know five ten years and. There's some good stuff in there, I think. Okay, excellent, excellent. And mm -hmm. uh, tell us what's coming out. I'm, and I'm correct, it's not live yet. Is that? Yeah, um, well, it's live, but the official launch is September 30th. Um, okay. But it's called Email Marketing Demystified. And that is kind of a step-by-step -step plan for anybody to um, implement email marketing in their business. So we talk about how to get opt-ins, how to write an autoresponder series, how to write email copy, how to monetize your email list how to make sure your email stay out of the spam folder, just anything you'd want to know related to email marketing will be in that book. It's, we try to have, it's try, I tried to make it a very end-to-end -end comprehensive. Um, anything you would need to know about email marketing is going to be in there. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. Yep. And and obviously, I mean, email marketing has been, um, it, you know, was I off on your subscriber list? I mean, are you, you're, you're well over 250,000 now? Yeah, we're at about 270,000 as okay. of like right now. Um, and then... You know, about 3,000, 3,500 of those people, you know, pay for the premium subscription. Yep. How, wait, wait, say that one more time. How many, what percentage? About, it's about 1%, or maybe, maybe one and a half. Um, yep. it's, it's not a big number, but, um, you know, out of those one and a half percent people, we, you know, we make 500,000 in subscriptions every year. And then you've got the people that, that don't buy, you know, we make money off advertising when they click on the link or anything like that. Right, right. Okay. Excellent, excellent. Now, I kind of want to go back to the, uh, uh, what was it? The co-marketing you said that you know, so somebody uh, can sign up yeah. on another list 
and then your offer your to sign up for yours might be after that yep so it's called um, co-registration marketing okay so like if you go to um, like marketbeat.com and you typed in an email to the opt-in form you can type in a fake one I don't care um, you'll see an offer for something else and if you click on that link um, I'll make a couple bucks um, and there are a lot of other financial sites that do that but it's it, it works in specific verticals better than some others. Um, like in the survival niche, it works well. In the internet marketing niche, it works well. In you know, finance and travel, I think it works well. Um, but there are a few different networks that do that. If it's something you want to learn about, there's a guy named Tim Berkwin that runs a company called After Offers. He used to be the guy that ran Podcast Expo. He's a good guy to go track down and ask him about it because he's, he's, he, he knows more about that industry than I do. And you know he's, I've worked with him and he has a great network. What was Todd? Uh, Tim Berkwin. Berkwin is B-O-U-R-Q-U-I-N. And the site is afteroffers.com. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Great. Well, um, let's see. So Email Marketing Demystified is mm -hmm. uh, coming out September 30th. All you want to know about that. And so it sounds like you're kind of getting into a routine of uh, book writing. You got uh, something that's you know in, in the wings or can you, can you talk about that at all? Yeah, um, I'm probably going to write another book next year. Um, I think what I'm kind of zeroing in on is kind of um, a guide, to, you know, almost like a personal finance book, but only written to entrepreneurs. Um, I've seen in the last, you know, six months, there's been a lot of really bad investing advice that's going out geared toward entrepreneurs. I mean, you um, think about uh, Tony Robbins' new books, Money Master the Game, where he tells people to go out and buy whole life insurance. And, you know, I was part of another class where, um, you know, the guy who was teaching it um, had like 30000 or 40000 in his brokerage account, but he thought he knew enough to teach people about investing. And he was telling people to like do crazy option strategies and just, you know, do a mix of commercial real estate and dividend stocks. And none of it really made sense together. And it's just, you know, why is there so much bad advice out there from entrepreneurs, other entrepreneurs related to money? And maybe there's an opportunity in that space to, you know, um, you know, spread some truth into that that's you know that discussion like i think as entrepreneurs we always look for a bigger better deal we look for something that you know it's like something that not everybody has the opportunity to do and when you go looking for those things sometimes you find them and then they turn out not to be quite as good of a deal as you think yeah um, so that that's a space that's interesting to me and might be what i write about next year okay excellent excellent now i thought a another unique aspect is it seems like maybe it's a way that you give back is um with the contest tool for uh, was it? Uh, you mean Go Go Photo Contest? Dog Rescue. Yeah, it's called Go Go Photo Contest. Go Go Photo Contest. Yep. So we help animal shelters raise money. Um, okay. It's a company that I have with a couple partners, but um, we allow animal shelters to run a photo contest, and then people will pay to um, pay for a vote in the contest. So you can submit a picture of your animal, your cat, your dog, whatever. And you buy votes, and then at the end of the contest, whoever has the most votes, I mean, basically whoever makes the biggest donation or gets their friends to make the biggest donation will win some kind of a prize. So you got people, you know, bidding against each other, and, you know, they can raise five, ten grand pretty easily from it. We've been doing that for uh, just under two years, and we've raised about $1.9 for animal shelters across the country. Um, I mean, there's certainly a charitable aspect from it, but we do make some money off of it. We keep about, I think, 9% of the proceeds, so, you know, I get a check for ten, fifteen grand every quarter, and it's it's a nice little business that we have together. Sure, awesome, yeah, and that sounds like again one that's kind of uh, built and runs itself in many many ways. Uh, 
my, my business partners run it okay. uh, for the most part. I, I helped with marketing. I helped um, write the original you know software platform it runs on. But um, there's definitely some some work involved with it. But they do most of that, so I'm right, fortunate right. and I can benefit from it and not have to put in a whole lot of day to day work into it. Okay, excellent, excellent. All right, Matt. Well, hey, I want to thank you for being with me today. Is there mm-hmm. any parting advice that you want to leave for those uh, guys out there who want to? tap into their own success and, and are hoping to, you know, scale the way you have. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing you can do is just to continually try new things, try new ways to monetize your audience, try new ways to um, grow your audience. Um, just don't keep doing what you've always been doing and get hope to, you know, to get something else. You really have to try new things. Like just yesterday I tried um, Yahoo has a new ad platform. I tried it out to see if I could get, you know, some traffic from it profitably. And it's like, Oh, I can buy clicks here for just 10 cents. That's a pretty good deal. Um, and it's like I didn't know that existed 48 hours ago until somebody told me about it so it's you know once you see an opportunity you, you implement it you try it you see if it works most of the things you try won't work but every now and then you know something will pull off and you just add it to your arsenal of strategies and you know help you grow your business okay all right well you heard it here first folks uh, the ad platform a new opportunity to potentially yeah, check it's, out it's called Yahoo Gemini Gemini all right yeah excellent all right Matthew, I want to thank you for being with me today, taking the time to share your wisdom, share your story with the Halftime Mike audience. Yeah. All Happy right. To be here. So I'm going to make sure that, uh, and, and you can feel free if um, you want to put uh, a link here into the mentions, maybe of um, you know Market Beats or a few of those other ones as we as we wind down here. I'm going to include those in the show notes when the podcast goes live as well. But uh, just be glad to have those resources and. With that, I think uh, I'm going to take off and call a wrap on today's episode of the Halftime Mike podcast. Over and out. Thanks, Matthew. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike, your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.